0: faith and fable a pastoral podcast that discusses common and often
1: controversial topics from a biblical perspective my name is matt miller i'm matt henry and we are back with money and the christian and we hope that so far what we've been saying is both helpful and even a bit eye-opening for you Uh, money is one of the few things that can create that tension within the churches Uh, we've talked about this before preach on or teach on sex family prayer service good works or most anything else Some will be thankful, some will be offended or annoyed. But when you talk about money, and there becomes a whole new level of reacting that takes place. Why? Because money truly does reveal the heart and what it treasures. It's that simple. Though massive amounts of words are said or written to try to explain away what is a simple, plain reading of the scripture. Uh, So this episode, we want to give some more principles related to money and giving for the Christian to consider. In other words, why has God enriched you to whatever level He has? What is to be your thought process with your paycheck and your dividends? What connection does money and possessions have with God, worship, brotherly love, or even hardship? So these are the sort of things we'll work through over the next couple of episodes. And today we have two more principles to work through that will help guide, that actually help guide both Matt and myself as we handle money and how we counsel those in our church About, or churches actually, about uh, their money. It will give you a glimpse into what our minds are actually thinking while we listen to people talk about the way they approach money and giving and investing and such. Uh, I always laugh because I know you well enough now that, you know, I can picture if I see somebody talking to you and they're telling you their rationale for something and you're just kind of nodding with your your stoic face and I'm like I know what he's thinking and and I know that you know the same thing yeah with, with me it's like what are you thinking right now shut up Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you what I'm thinking but I'm not too impressed with the the incredible arguments that are being presented anyhow go yeah. for it yeah um so yeah
0: some principles on money and giving so first of all we have the principle of stewardship so 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says, in this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. So you want to be faithful with money. We would say give wisely, give thoughtfully, and give consistently. The word trustworthy involves the idea of reliability. So if you if you're given money, then you handle it faithfully. When you decide to give, you be reliable. Don't be a when I remember or when I feel like kind of giver. Yeah. Um, listen to the first part of second Corinthians nine through seven, uh, Paul says each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. Why for God loves a cheerful giver. So just as he purposed in his heart, that's again, the key phrase. So Paul here is saying that to give what you had planned on giving, um, that's the right way to do it. In other words, the, the thought is not all that really counts. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, how many people sign up? Uh, it, when I, do, did you ever go to a church where they had pledge cards?
0: Uh, for
1: certain things that they were raising yeah. money for. We, we had it for a building yeah, at one church, like and, and you pledged it. And then what was frustrating was listening to the pastor then, over the next year, beg people to honor their pledge. And I'm like, this, this is wrong. I mean, in the spur of the moment, you slam down a thousand bucks, but then that's what you purpose. All Paul is saying is think give it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah,
0: if, if you've purposed, for example, to in your heart to give a hundred dollars a week, then you give it. Um, but make sure it is your desire. Um, and it is best that it it's not done there out of compulsion. Yeah you've determined it because you want to honor the Lord. Um, now listen again to first Corinthians 16, one through two, it says now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches in Galatia, so do you also on the first day of the week, um, of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save as he may prosper so that no collections be made when I come. So here the giving was to be done on the first day of each week. Um, And it's not something just for Corinth. He's saying, as I also instructed in Galatia. So it's not like it's some Mm -hmm. cultural thing there. Mm -hmm. Um, So this indicates that we should be consistent and reliable, having an actual giving plan that centers on consistency. One of the things that is rather noticeable in many churches is the fluctuation of giving. Uh, There are spurts and dips that often show no real pattern. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. One week it's like really high. Another week it's like, what the?
1: And and yet, you know, they're all on salary. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's not like your money's going up and down. Yeah. I mean, if it was full of waitresses, you know, it's like, okay, tips really were bad this (laughs) week. Fine. But it's not. It's like you're all salaried individuals. Yeah. Yep. Uh,
0: Sometimes there's a sickness in the church, and many will miss a Sunday or two or with COVID like a hundred, um, but then when they returned, you don't see all of a sudden an uptick that would indicate that they they gave what would have been given on those Sundays that were missed. Yeah. Um, there's a heart thing there. Um, notice also that all are expected as individuals to be giving each one of you. Um, so please hear us uh, well or rightly. Um, don't rely on another person's reliability to support God's work. Rather, learn to see yourself as that man or that woman who is the reliable one, who is that faithful steward. Don't be haphazard in your giving. Plan to give and then give. How much? Well, however much the Lord has blessed you. Uh, he says as that qualifier, as he may prosper.
1: Yeah. In fact, that's one of the things we do when we're looking at potential elders is that we want, we look at their giving. Um, and people really take offense at that, even though there's nowhere in the scripture that says you shouldn't do that. Um, Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart is. And so it's a simple way for you to be able to look, is this man's heart uh, in the right place? Especially is it directed at the local church, mm-hmm. right? Is I mean, this is a place he's being raised up to the point that we actually think he might be qualified as an elder, um, and so we just look at that because what we're looking for is—is is he trustworthy? He model. Yeah. yeah. Is he reliable? Is he a man we can say go be like him, or uh, is that one of his secret uh, sins that he he just doesn't want to do? Um, so that's your first principle: be a good steward of God's money. The second one for today is the principle of what we'll just call generosity. Uh, Romans twelve eight. Uh, He says, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, Here, the context is Paul is talking about the nature and purpose of spiritual gifts each has a measure of grace he says uh, elsewhere in this text uh, that's been given them meaning a level of giftedness and then Paul says that they are to practice them in accordance with the proportion of faith they have now what he means by this is the level or quantity of faith each person per- believer possesses uh, possesses sorry a measure of trust in the faithfulness of God um, uh, and in the goodness of God and giving us various gifts that's how we are going to then give. Uh, As we see the opportunities to exercise those gifts, we are to act upon them by faith. And one of them is the gift of giving. So regarding giving, it's not to be done out of fear. It's not to be done purely out of duty. There's an aspect that, I mean, it's my responsibility I need to give, but it's also not to be seen or to get a tax reduction. The goal, he says, is to give so that you're doing it with liberality or generosity. So just give that a thought. When we give, the hidden thought is often how to guard from giving too much. That's weird, but it happens. Uh, how much can we afford to give without it actually affecting us somehow? But the actual question is, how do I do this with liberality? Ask that question the next time you give, and you might find yourself uh, changing. Another passage, 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 4. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction, affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond, that's the key, and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. That also is key begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. So this passage is great for all who think they're poor and they can't afford to give at this time. Those who made decisions maybe in life that saddled them with a lot of debt, Uh, uh, the, the really good investment in real estate that's now limiting their ability to give, the stocks and investments that are tying up their cash flow right now. Um, As some are heard to say that, well, money's a bit tight right now, uh, we have it tied up in various uh, ventures. Well, here is a poor church who has none of these sorts of thoughts. Instead, they gave beyond their ability of their own accord. Uh, Think about this, and it's rather shocking. Poor people have very, very little room to operate without harm to themselves, to go beyond their ability to give, a, give is to give with faith, much like what we just talked about in Romans 12. They saw a need and they entrusted God to provide, so much so that they're insistently begging to give. Again, a statement that stands as a rebuke and as a, pra- a praise at the same time. And we, we believe that Paul probably meant it that way. The Corinthian church was likely a relatively wealthy church due to its location, uh, it's a. If you didn't know, it's a hub of the commercial trade. Um, here, Paul is trying to get them to simply part with money that they had pledged, and these poor churches provide the framework to press the Corinthians to think and act.
0: Yeah, and poor
1: here is not America poor. No, it's true. <laughs> in, 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 yeah first century poverty. Well, and and we you and I we we see that in Africa, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you're, you're like. I still think of that guy who—I think you'll remember his name. I always forget it. The the guy who uh, handled the gate. Yeah, no, I just saw his picture recently. Um, Yeah, just saved out of the Muslim uh, world. And how many kids did he have? Like eight or something like that. And he—I mean, super poor. And yet he was faithfully reading his words, studying, sitting there, uh, opening and closing the compound gate. Uh, Such a always kind to us— And yet an extremely poor man, and it's like, wow, 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 wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally different. Um, And then in 2 Corinthians
0: 9, 12 through 13, Paul there says, for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them And to all. He really stacks it up, don't he? (laughs) He just keeps adding. Mr. (laughs) Run-On. Yeah. So, Paul here is that he's still talking about money,
1: um, but now two chapters in this letter. Yeah. Think about how many chapters in that book, and yet he's devoting so far two chapters just on the issue of money.
0: Yeah. Um, So, just above what we quoted is the, the famous passage of how God shall supply all that we need to be abundant in our good works. Uh, So we'll read that and then still doubt uh, that if we were to actually trust him financially that he would honor his promises. And the Bible has uh, rather strong words about that kind of thinking. Here in our passage, his point is unique. Uh, It is simply that this work of service through giving is not about the giver or the receiver, rather the worship and thanksgiving toward God that it produces, that is the issue. So as, as the recipients of this giving, Uh, as the recipients of this giving see the obedience of the Corinthian believers, they will glorify God. And why? Well, because they realize you're actually showing obedience to the gospel. And we would say just let that kind of thought sink in for a bit. Uh, And then
1: Paul adds that this is to be done in liberality. All right. So to summarize, to be a New Testament giver, uh, you need to, one, be giving it to the church, and two, be faithful with your giving, and three, Give it with a generous heart. It's really that simple. It's not anything deep, but it's amazing how we'll work ourselves around it. So like most things in pastoral ministry, money is something that you cannot force people to understand or practice properly. Uh, We liken it to parenting or marriage. Uh, How often we counsel, teach, admonish regarding these things. We remind people, we encourage people to think in a different way, and then we watch it get ignored. And we have to let it simply be, and then wait on the Lord to move them. Uh, what's sad in these areas of life, of money, parenting, marriage, is that there are often times, comes a time when it's just too late. Uh, and now the regrets begin to flow from the people's heart. Um, children who went the way of folly and rebellion while the parents gave every excuse why not to actually parent in a manner consistent with the Christian faith or marriages, that crumble in the later years because a home was built around everything but Christ and that couple, uh, lives that are full of money and possessions, but devoid of a reputation for good works and love. And so now at the older uh, years, they're, they're basically ignored and dismissed. So we ask you to give this all some thinking. Are you a blessing to your church, or are you a leech, really? Are you a model faithfulness for others to imitate, or are you one of the leaders of your church, uh, or or, or, are, or are you one of the leaders of your church who seeks to minimize due to your—I'm uh, not making sense here. I'm going to re- reread that. Are you a model of faithfulness for others to imitate, or are you one that the leaders of your church seeks to minimize due to your a negative impact. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yes. There are some people that we try to actually divert people away from, even though they come across like they're really spiritual, yep. but in fact, they're not. Uh, do those who know you consider you a person of generosity? And if so, how and why and with what? So we think that through the Spirit's help, as you heed these principles, that you will be well equipped to battle your own heart and be a person who models to those around you what it looks like to look beyond the things of this age. So let us know your thoughts on it as we'd love to hear from you. We have uh, more episodes coming, so keep an eye out for them as well. Until then, we ask that you continue to like, share these podcasts. Please rate, review us on iTunes, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and tell a friend.